Welcome back to the Unstuck in Time podcast with your hosts, Brendan Breslin and Connor Early. On this podcast, we will be discussing many different topics from the book, Slaughterhouse-Five. We look forward to discussing morality and war with Mr. Coach Kevin Reed, debating if the Allies' bombings were necessary, and analyzing a scholarly piece about Slaughterhouse-Five. And that was Titanium by David Guetta and Sia, or featuring Sia. So um, on this segment, we have a special guest, Mr. Reed, here with us today. And uh, he's here to talk about morality war and um, just the general bombing of Dresden. For all of you listeners who don't know that, um, what exactly that was, <laughs> the bombing of Dresden uh, killed 135,000 uh, estimated people in Germany, and it was many people think of it as immoral because it was uh, executed at the end of the war, and many civilians were killed in it. So, building off that, Mr. Reed, are there any lines that you think should not or cannot be crossed in war? Well, I, I think in any war, you're going to have lines that are ultimately crossed. Uh, Today, you see it pretty predominantly where lines are crossed uh, with our war on terror. Now, if we look back in history, though, there's always been lines that have been crossed. Uh, the British would look at some of the actions the United States conducted, or well, the colonies conducted during the Revolutionary War as lines that shouldn't have been crossed. Uh, and with that, you can see that in every war, yes, there are set rules. Uh, there are things that we aren't supposed to do. Now, in an act of desperation, uh, in a tough all-out war, those lines will be crossed, and that's just a reality. Is it right that they are crossed? No. But that's why, following the war, then you look at punishing the sides differently. I mean, realistically, if you win, then it doesn't matter what line you cross because you determine how it's portrayed. If you lose, you have to be ready to answer for that, and you will answer for it. Maybe. So, Mr. Reed, sometimes with these countries who are trying to win this war so much, there are civilians who uh, suffer from casualties, do you think that when winning is uh, winning the war and succeeding is worth these civilians, some of these civilians who are innocent people losing their lives? Or it's really tough to look at that question in hindsight. Uh, looking at World War Two in particular, that was an all-out war where. In all the countries participating, everyone in some way, shape, or form was contributing to the war effort. So by killing them, is that truly you violating the terms of war? Are they truly innocent if they are working in factories that aid the war effort? Sure, you can destroy the factories, but they can just rebuild them. You know, I'm not saying that it's a good thing to just do that, but in that historical time period, in that context, this idea of killing innocent people would not have been like a major focus. It would have been looking at 
we are taking a resource away from the enemy, and by doing that, it improves our odds of winning. Um, yeah, it's a tough question. <laughs> it's a tough question because, I mean, people, so many people died in the bombing of Dresden, and it was, um, it was really late in the war, but Vonnegut included in the book that foreword from another book about the history of Dresden where that war general was talking about um, was talking about how it, Britain was getting bombed at the same time and who's really to say where the lines should and shouldn't be crossed because uh, yeah they're firebombing Dresden but at the same time Germans are dropping bombs all across London so it's hard to tell obviously um, building off that a little bit Mr. Reed <laughs> In the book, there was uh, this guy Campbell, and he was an American, and then he became a Nazi. Just, do you have any thoughts on that? If maybe that should be forgiven a little more because maybe he was put in a hard spot and he had to do it, or just you're a traitor, you know, that's it. Well, with the very limited details you just gave me, I'm not really sure I can fully answer that. I... could see the concept of not forgiving that however really with more details you can see it as something that's acceptable and it's just how it is you know people cave to the pressures around them uh, there's been many soldiers throughout u.s history that you know provided an opportunity to escape any of the conditions that they may have been enduring during uh their imprisonment they would take those deals. Now, you also have the idea where maybe this soldier was somewhat sympathetic to the Nazi ideology to begin with. And, you know, it's he was just then put in a position where he could actually convert his ideology more fully. You don't know. And it's it'd be hard to look at it as, you know, is he a complete traitor? And really what does it mean to become a traitor if you just sympathize sympathize with them and join their cause are you really a traitor or are you just now holding a different flag as long as you don't reveal the secrets of the united states um or any classified information or valuable information really you're just someone who's like ah i no longer agree with yeah, and I think Bonnie was trying to leave it up to the reader. He really didn't give much background on um, Campbell and just kind of dropped him in, which is probably um, kind of the point Bonnie gets trying to make. I mean, you have to look at it from different angles. One question I have for you. Sure. Does he switch after seeing some of the horrible things that the U.S. does? Uh, no. All we know is he just comes in later in the story as um, the main uh, kind of character. He's a prisoner of war. Um, so he comes in and tries to convert these American POWs um, to join his cause. But we don't know anything about his kind of backstory. Okay. They're not being treated like... It, they're, they're prisoners of war, but it's not like they're suffering an extreme amount. Uh, they're not... They're not uh, 
living the good life at all, though, anyways. But, um, Mr. Reed, thank you for your thoughts on this topic, and we appreciate having you on our podcast today. And that was Hall of Fame by The Script. Today we'll, we will be examining a scholarly review of the book Slaughterhouse-Five by Jonathan Creasy of the LA Review of Books. So I thought this was a very well-written article and um, very informative, especially after reading the book. What was most astonishing to me was the fact that, um, you know, Vonnegut brings up the number of 135,000 people killed when actually, according here to Creasy, um, he says recent scholarship, particularly after the reunification of Germany, has revised the death toll from what the Nazis claimed was over 200,000 down to a consensus figure of 25,000. So in reality, it was just 25,000 people who were ended up dying from that bombing. Yeah, what Creasy is saying, he's he's saying that uh, the, the Nazis, they just made this number so high, it, there was no way the number was that actually that high. Like, like Creasy said, it, people were saying it was up to 500,000. But it really wasn't anywhere near that. It was more of just Germany trying to make Britain and the United States look bad. Because as now scientists and professionals have come to a consensus that it is at 25,000. And I mean, the gap between 25,000 and 200,000, which the Nazis accused uh, the United States of, is so significant that the Nazis really didn't have any clear evidence that it was that large of a number. Yeah, I think it was just kind of like a hit job. I mean, because, and especially since Dresden was known as such like a, a cultural city and you you really want to think of it as strategic warfare, anything like that. But um, according to this article, again, books were being burned in Dresden since 1933. So um, Dresden really, and lots of, lots of the people from Dresden, according according to here, uh, agree, and they um, acknowledge that the city actually did have a checkered past. And although, I mean, 25,000 people, still a lot of people dying, I mean, for sure, but uh, it's still, it's just not as significant. And they're just, I think they're just really trying to, yeah, make America and Britain look bad, like you said, just because it's a, like a cultural kind of city. Yeah, also, you mentioned how, uh, how the, like, the culture of Dresden. Dresden, like, during this attack, they were pretty unprotected. I mean, since they had everything was, uh, according to Creasy, everything, like military wise, was out fighting the Soviets on the Eastern Front. So Dresden was, it wasn't protected at all. It was not very populated. It was just uh, obviously some civilians and the prisoners of war and then some members of the military. But, and that's why it was only 25,000. But there was no defense against it for Germany. They just there's no way to stop the United States and Britain. Yeah, and that also, I mean, it definitely wasn't like a perfect bombing. Although, I think one of the points that Vonnegut's been trying to make throughout this whole book is that there there never ever will be like a perfect kind of bombing. But I don't think it was. I just don't think that this bombing was as bad as Vonnegut made it out to be. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure from his point of view you know, trapped in that meat locker underground, 
while bombs are going off and then cleaning up the dead bodies, I'm sure, you know, he could think in his mind that it was much higher. But, I mean, it was really just – the facts just don't add up. Yeah, but I, I do like what Christie was saying near the end of this piece when he kind of got it that although uh, Von Gitt didn't put everything factually correct in Slaughterhouse-Five, he still – it didn't affect how the book was. It's still a best-selling book. Where, I'm where like Creasy feels like that the uh, part where uh, Billy Pilgrim is unstuck in time, he's time traveling. Even though that might not have happened, it adds to the book. And even though the numbers, uh, not everything that Vonnegut wrote like about the war was 100 percent right, it it added to the book in ways that made it become a better read. Yeah, Vonnegut. Vonnegut probably made it fiction so we could maybe have a little more wiggle room with this book. And, um, yeah, I, like, whether it was a million or a thousand people who di- ended up dying in Dresden, I still think that no matter what, Vonnegut's message would have gotten across no matter the death toll with how he, with how he wrote the book. Yeah, I thought also that it was, uh, it adds to Billy Pilgrim's character. I mean, he not probably not everything was about Billy Pilgrim is going to be factually true about any soldier in the war, but it just added to the story on how he was described as this unique kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did, and it made it helped to be able to connect to like a main character as you were going and reading through this novel, even though he is like um, as Creasy describes him a non-hero, and I think that's pretty accurate. He's really just a guy. And he lives a pretty boring and sad life, but it's at least something to follow. And I think that helps guide the reader through the story. Yeah, so I think overall this piece by Jonathan Creasy was pretty insightful. And I thought it explained how uh, Kurt Vonnegut was able to explain the war in the way that he did with, with making it a best-selling book, even though he wasn't saying everything true. And I think it made the book, in the long run, a better read. And that was Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Today we are going to be discussing if it was really necessary for the Allies to go through with the bombings, even at the cost of so many innocent civilian lives. And especially being with the, the Battle of Dresden being so late in the war. Um. Yeah, I think it, I think it was... I mean, I guess not necessary, but I think it was merited that the Allies bombed Dresden. Um, It was late in the war, so the Allies were trying to end it. Germany wasn't surrendering still, and so the the Allies needed to try and cut them off. Germany was using Dresden to communicate to um, the Russian front, and the Russians were taking a lot of um, casualties themselves. And so they were just trying to take out a strategic place that the Germans were using. You see, I I would disagree. I don't think it was really necessary for them to go through the bombing, considering the Allies really had a controlled war at this point because it was so late. Really, they just needed to, to Russia to or not the Soviet Union to. Uh, can finish off the Germany on the Eastern Front, and 
I think if they if they would have just waited, they could have just taken out Germany without bombing Dresden. And what really separates it for me was that in the bombing of Dresden, so many innocent lives were lost where it could have been avoided, where people who weren't involved in the war, people who weren't uh, soldiers for the Nazis, their lives were gone because of the bombing. Um. Yeah, I see that, but I just don't think that there's... I mean, at that point in the war, there had been so many bombings already, and like, oh, here's one German city. So it's it's late in the war, so let's just leave them alone. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that that Dresden should have gotten any special treatment per se compared to what had been going on for the whole war. I think everyone just really wanted it to be over, and as soon as possible, start moving on with the world, and. The Allies saw that was best fit by taking out a German city that was being used by Nazis. But what is your what? Do, what do you? How do you feel about the in, people who aren't involved these innocent lives? If is do you think it's necessary that they need to be taken out too at the cost of just warfare? Or I mean, I don't think it's necessary that they kill the civilians, but. That would definitely, I mean, if civilians are dying, then um, the government's going to start losing support and losing support. And eventually people are going to, (laughs) eventually people are going to, you know, just not back the government and they'll be against the war. But also you can't avoid the civilian deaths, the civilian casualties, because you can't really control it. Unless you're going after a full-on military base, if you're going after a city or something, then there are going to be civilian casualties. And I'm sure everyone would like to avoid that, but it's just a reality. Uh, I have a quote here from the New York Times um, in a piece by their editorial board. Uh, It says, although international law obligates combatants to minimize harm to civilians, it is unrealistic to think that all civilian deaths can be prevented. And that's just true. I mean, you can't just expect, oh, we're going to war, but we'll keep all the civilians safe. No, at the same time, Germany's over in London just dropping bombs wherever they please, and that's killing civilian after civilian. So at that point, you know, um, America, Pearl Harbor, they lost. I mean, obviously America had to deal with the least amount of civilian deaths, but still nonetheless – their allies are losing civilians and people left and right all over Europe. So people, they want to just take out Dresden because it was a significant Nazi city and uh, the Nazis were using it to help with the Eastern Front. And I don't yeah. think it was like just because they're civilians doesn't mean anything special. Yeah, but it was, it might have been like a significant city, but. Dresden was mostly unprotected because all the Nazi troops were being focused more towards the Eastern Front where Russia was. And I don't, if, I don't think it's worth 25,000 lives were, uh, were taken from bombings that were dropped on pretty much an unprotected city. Dresden did not fight back, really. That, I mean, the Allies had more firepower, more control. And, there was no, there was no real like battle. It was just them. They're taking away lives that 
for the most part, weren't even involved in the fighting in the war. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, calling it the Battle of Dresden would be a stretch. It really was just an air bombing because Dresden was unprotected. Although the Allies, um, to be fair, they might not have known that. They might have thought that they were taking out a city with significant defenses um, that could have been. And then they were thinking, oh, maybe those defenses will be shipped to the Eastern Front, even though that uh, they eventually were actually already shipped to the Eastern Front. But still, no matter, civilians aren't going to stop them from doing their jobs of protecting their own country. But yeah, I think, I do think that at least civilian deaths, so maybe like where they placed the bombs, that that could have maybe been changed instead of dropping it right in the middle of the city and then letting it all burn. But I do think that bombing was correct, but maybe, you know, try and protect civilian lives a little bit better, which I think we're doing better today. Yeah, I would say that I, I'm i pretty much agreeing with you now because, yeah, I think if – I don't think they really could have uh, – it's like a war. I mean, there's going to be lives – there's going to be lives lost, but I don't think it uh, – I think they, they definitely could have been minimalized or there could have been different strategies t- being taken. But, yeah, I like your idea with the different placements of the bombs. I think it's – I think that's one way where you can still – do what you're saying they needed the positioning to take out uh nazis and they can if with your idea they can still take that position without costing so many lives that didn't need to be hurt yeah just take it into consideration but i mean don't let it be a deciding factor because once again they are um enemies um overall though uh, i think this was a good debate just talking about you know the roles that civilian lives play in World War Two in the air bombing of Dresden, but just in general. But um, once again, we'll leave it leave it up to the read the listener to decide. Um, so uh, thanks. Thank you for listening to the final episode in the Unstuck in Time podcast series. Today we talked about morality and war with Mister Reed. We discussed and debated. Civilian casualties and the uh, bombing of Dresden in general. And also we reviewed a scholarly review of Slaughterhouse-Five. On behalf of me and my co-host Brenda Breslin, I, kind of Early, would like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in each week. We hope you learned about Slaughterhouse-Five. And thank you.